You are tuning in to Damn Straight Radio. Brought to you by Damn Straight Entertainment. Supporting live, local, and underground bands from the state of New Jersey and beyond. Hi, Money. We are Damn Straight Entertainment. Did you hear that uh, Mike Kim got back together? Everybody knows that. Also, uh, these guys that are raging against the machine, they're coming back too. Oh, I heard. And they're being those scalpers, boy. They hate those scalpers, and I hate them too. I know, man. But uh, we're here with uh, New Jersey's own Ben Dota. He is, uh, you can find him, or you could have found him, in and around the New Jersey hardcore scene, hanging out with such people as Old Wounds and Blind Justice. So how you doing? I'm good. Thank you for having me. Um, yeah, I grew up in Manalpin. I was born in 86, and I got into hardcore music in 97 when I was 11 years old um, in Monmouth County. So I'm 34 now. So yeah, um, hardcore definitely shaped my life and growing up in Monmouth County for sure in a big way nice nice well uh, I know you're not a band or anything but we usually ask all the same questions to all different people but uh, what do you prefer Wawa or Sheets well so <clears throat> I actually lived in Scranton Pennsylvania for two years when I was between the ages of 18 and 20 so I have both Wawa and Sheets experience but I'm going to go with Wawa. Got to keep it real. All right, cool. So um, what's been like your favorite band in the hardcore scene? Definitely Knocked Loose lately. Definitely Knocked Loose. I love Knocked Loose. Um, I love Turnstile because I, I, I was, like I said, I grew up in the 90s. So Turnstile really hits a lot of that for me. Um, Knocked Loose, Turnstile. Definitely. Um, yeah. Sweet. Uh, I, I also definitely, I really like uh, Code Orange and what they're doing lately, for sure. All right, cool. Um, let me see. I, I, have, I, I need to start memorizing all these questions. We, we were talking about food. Um, what is that one album that changed your life? Wow, that's a good question. Like in terms of hardcore music, I'm assuming? All right, well, I'll keep it with hardcore music. I would say uh, Bloodlust Revenge, One King Down. I would say that, to me, is like the best, one of the best hardcore records ever. Um, Bloodlust Revenge, and then uh, Satisfaction, Hatebreed, definitely. And then, um, <clears throat> actually, I remember being super young and uh, Gamora Season Ends, Earth Crisis, I was like 10. And uh, a profound hatred of man, Shai Halud. And then, um, yeah, those were some early records that definitely changed me as a person. But also, um, Saves the Day through being cool was like a total game changer. Yeah, I would say those, those albums for sure. Nice. Yeah, I can agree on Satisfaction. That was still is to this day probably some of the hardest breakdowns I've ever heard. Like, That's that. Hardcore album is like an album that you just 
I mean, I don't really like saying this now that I'm 27 years old, but that's like a smash a dude in the head with a brick type of album. Like that out, like whenever I hear it, like on shuffle, it's like dun, dun, da, da, dun. And I'm just like, oh my God, that, that should be illegal. Hatebreed should be a, a band. But it's weird because listening to old Hatebreed and listening to new Hatebreed, it just seems like they just became dads. Because like they were like punk hardcore rockers and now they're like these guys became old dirty dads because their music is just like arena rock now. Hatebreed but it's trying weird. to be heavy. Well, Hatebreed, I mean, being like super young, so that record came out in ninety seven, that was like when I got into hardcore music, like I didn't realize that like Hatebreed became huge in the Midwest and like in middle America outside of New Jersey. But when I heard about Hatebreed, they were like considered just just another just another hardcore band from the East Coast. Like I had no idea. And then over the next, you know, five, ten years, they became the re- to the rest of America in the Midwest and the South. They became an absolute uh, huge band I, I didn't even really know that but when I when I first listened to Hatebreed I just thought it was another you know <laughs> another hardcore band but that's one of the best records ever for sure why did you choose angry and aggressive music scene instead of like the rap scene or the indie rock scene or like any other scene why did you like go straight into hardcore can you and I'm a hardcore kid and a lot of people on the outside, this is why I want to do an interview with someone that likes hardcore, but people say you can't understand the lyrics. And and when you listen to Stick to Your Guns, they actually reference all all the heart and all the soul. It's not just angry music and people screaming into a mic. If you listen to the lyrics, sometimes I've listened to hardcore bands that changed my life. Like Stick to Your Guns is one of the bands that helped me go through college and helped me through my job. Like I listened to... Uh, I think it's Diamond and also the Hope Division. Diamond, they always say, base your life around the diamond. This is this is your life and this life is your diamond. And I, I live by that all the time. Like people might think some stupid guy in a band with shitty tattoos is screaming about something. I'm like, no, actually, a lot of bands have a so- have songs that will change your life. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, to the first point, actually, I didn't really uh, choose it. I-, I was super young, right? And so there was this dude in Manalapan, his name is John Surgentakis, and he had a band called Selfborn. And my brother, this would be like 97, <clears throat> my brother had the cassette tape, that their demo tape, Selfborn, and they were playing shows with like New Jersey Bloodline. And so the early days was like the Resurrection AD bands, like Arson, um, and so it was, I, I thought it was normal. Like I didn't, I didn't, I didn't, I don't know. I was just, I didn't think it was, um, it was just kind of uh, introduced to me through my older brother and uh, through that band Selfborn and Resurrection AD Records. That was really the thing. And um, it just resonated because at that time, everything was um, like, that was definitely the era of like Marilyn Manson and like Korn and kind of like uh, Limp Bizkit. It was very much a new metal. Yeah, yeah. So um, yeah, that like <clears throat> very specifically um, on Bloodlust Revenge, uh, Rob Fusco was singing about veganism and he was singing about child abuse. And there are certain things, on, themes that were really resonating with me and um, things that I had dealt with in my own life, but 
um, I wouldn't say I chose, like, I'm going to, like, get into this. It was more just, like, the influence of my older brother and his friends. And, like, like I said, this guy, John Sergentakis, actually this guy, Mike Coletti, um, who moved to Manalpin, he was from Elizabeth. And he introduced a lot of the uh, kids in Manalpin to E-Town because he was from Elizabeth and then he moved down to Manalpin. And so we had, and these are guys that are like a couple years older than me that were friends with my brother. And so we just, um, yeah, it was, it was not really a choice. It was more just uh, what I was surrounded by. And we all grew up together, so yeah. Exactly, that's how I was. Like my brother, I mean, it's kind of weird because like older people say I got a record or I got a CD or I got a, a cassette. No, I had an iPod actually when I was growing up. Like. I'm 27, so I guess technology is in my life, but I got an iPod, and my brother's iTunes was the only thing that had, like, whatever. It had all my mom's music, all my dad's music, and all my brother's. So when I shuffled it, it would be, like, the Beatles, Yes, The Who, and then it would go into, like, Hatebreed or Shy Halud, and then I secretly went, over, went like, over my brother's back, and, like, I got an iTunes gift card, and I, I got, I discovered heavier than anything, I discovered probably heavier than like most hardcore that my brother was listening to they were making fun of it at the time i found like waking the cadaver on myspace and shit and then i i like was listening to uh i think the heaviest thing i've ever listened to when i was younger was devil wears prada and i was listening to dogs can't grow beards and all my friends were listening to it but then my brother and all his friends were making fun of those like oh those are the those are those new metal kids or they call them depot kids back then and they were like kids that used to go to your venue and they would like break a hole in the wall and then like try to act like they didn't do anything wrong and they would be like a pit crew which I think is really dumb I think just go to a show and have fun you don't have to like be there to fight anybody it's just kind of dumb but yeah I kind of discovered metal after like I heard like the heaviest bands ever and then I found metal I'm like wait then metal goes to death metal then death metal goes to like even heavier than that like I don't even know how to... People say Knock Loose is hardcore. I think Knock Loose is like... I don't even know. Knock Loose is just like its own genre of like the heaviest thing possible. And and we think that that like a riot's going to break out soon. I mean, you know, a riot that's even you know, more like harder and more violent and more nastier than Battlefield 14 at Hellfest 2004. I always say it all the time because, you know, Battlefield 14 at Hellfest 2004, pretty much, you know, that says what made Hellfest 2004 Hellfest. That's it. My brother was there. He said some guy threw a two-liter bottle straight yeah. into his face. That will go down in history. That, uh, and actually, I think a riot's going to happen. Uh, March 20th, Ringworm is playing at Champs in Trenton with, with Coffin Void and some other bands. But Ringworm is headlining at Champs. That's just, are you asking for, like, a problem? I mean, yo, and also, who knows how many people are going to, like, show up. That's oh. like a 150 cap, too. People are going to show up for Ringworm. Ringworm could sell out almost any venue they play. Oh, man. Gramercy Theater. Gramercy is a 650 cap. They can, I mean, I think they've played at St. Vitus multiple times, and they can sell that out instantly. Yeah, I, um, I should say, actually, while I have, while I have the mic, uh, I definitely want to shout out OS 101. Back to new, formative New Jersey hardcore bands. Um, OS 101 was definitely... Uh, extremely formative hardcore band for me uh, definitely um, people really kind of sleep on that band um, in general but yeah they were a huge influence um, they had the the EP United Brotherhood of Scenesters 
um, they were on Victory at that time as a Victory Records. They used to be a band called Hogan's Heroes before that, and then they changed to OS 101. Um, yeah, yeah, definitely. I think they're from, like, also, I, I definitely want to take this opportunity. Uh, there was this band called Head Rush, which became Strength in Numbers. They're from Ocean County. Yeah, yeah. So, like, I, I used to hang out with some of those guys when I was, like, going back to, like, uh, 99, 2000. Head Rush was amazing, dude. Like, they had some really sick songs, and Head Rush became Strength in Numbers, and I definitely want to shout them out, too, because they were sick. Um, another band I was definitely into in those early days was Diecast. I feel like people, like, they kind of had, like, the disembodied sound, but Diecast was sick. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, um, yeah, OS 101, Head Rush, which became Strength in Numbers, I definitely just want to shout out those bands, too, because when it comes to New Jersey hardcore bands, like, they were definitely super influential on me, for sure, and a lot of my friends. When you're not uh, moshing at a local show to some crazy screamo hardcore music, uh, what are you doing with your life? I teach at Brookdale, man. Yeah. Nice, nice. What what do you teach there? I teach a couple classes on media and communications. Uh, so yeah, Brookdale is amazing. It's a good school. It, it has its it has its problems, but overall, it's a good place. Um, yeah, and when I'm not doing that, I do a lot of freelance stuff with like writing and journalism and PR and that sort of thing. And any hobbies do you have? You have? Yeah, I still skate. I still skate, definitely. Um, I love movies, big movie buff. I love history. I was a history major. Um, yeah, I mean, I've um, been playing a lot of Skyrim lately. <laughs> All right, so now we're going to do another food break question. Uh, do you have a favorite pizza spot? Favorite pizza spot? Um, I like Highland Pizza here in Highland Park. Nice, that's a good spot. I mean, I like Tata's Mall, I'll be honest. Dude, I, I, I love Highland Pizza. I'm not going to lie. I love that place. Um, outside of that, I'm trying to think. Uh, shout out Romeo's in Manalpin. I think they're, that, that was a long time ago, but I don't know. Kachino Lessi, Manalpin. Hey, man. Uh, well, I have a lot of memories, actually, of uh, my being at my parents' house would have been around 97 and my older brother and his friends were covering songs by second to none which was crazy at the time yeah how do you like me now like and um i was super young i didn't really understand what was happening but yeah so my brother and his friends they were only in eighth grade at the time they were only in eighth grade and they were covering second to none for their uh show at at our middle school and, you know, those dudes ended up going on to uh, be in, like, Shattered Realm and do that whole thing. But it was super crazy. I remember being in sixth grade. I was, like, 11 years old. And I'd be sitting in my garage at my parents' house. I'd be watching my older brother and all his friends covering Second to None songs. Right? It was, like, that same era. Like, like Fury, of Fra Fury of Five. Like, it was that era. And, yeah, my dad, my dad actually was into it. He was into hard, he liked it because he liked, 
I think he understood, like the, he understood it. <laughs> I don't maybe, but yeah. So definitely, um, second to none was a was definitely one of my earliest memories of hardcore as well. I should say. Yeah, you were saying my dad. He's saying his dad is into it, but I think parents they're not into it like they they like the music my dad always makes like a pig squealing noise and like thinks it's kind of funny and my grandma used to do that all the time she's like rah screamo or whatever like but the thing i think parents aren't technically about it they're just they like the idea of the music scene like my i know my mom and my dad do my mom's in the scene more than my dad would be but my dad was in hardcore scene because he used to do sound for all the bands but the thing is like my dad did sound for like so many bands now you hear that bell. That means uh, you got to leave at Pino's. But, yeah, my dad, like, he likes the brotherhood that everybody's like, if something happens, like, some guy, like, yo, if you if you mess, mess with one person, the whole room's going to come after you. Like, my yeah. dad always likes that. Like, And also, like, we're trying to teach Ernie's parents about the scene, but, like, they're not about it, and they think that, like, we're losing all our money by throwing shows and stuff. But, like, it's kind of weird. But, like, my mom knows, like, she always asks me, how was the show? Was it good? Did you have a good turnout? Like, they're always asking me, so they're always like, they'll support me. They necessarily don't have time to come out to a show and hang out, but, like, they know that we're trying to, like, fix the scene better because, like, tonight, half of we, tonight was a Hair Magic CD release show. That's a band from Highland Park, and they're not hardcore. They're kind of like a female, all-female punk band, I would say, I guess. I don't really know how to explain it. But they had, like, half of Highland Park, like, mob deep into this venue. And people that say the music scene is dead, they're just close-minded. Highland Park has a good music scene. Highland Park is amazing. I'll definitely say that. Like, mm-hmm. like there are so many talented, creative, gifted artists living here and playing here. Like, Pino's is really, really the kind of the spot right now. Not necessarily definitely. for hardcore, but, like, for any other style. Like, maybe mostly, like, indie rock and punk. They have a good punk following around here, like Zero for Conduct and the Buzz, Co- the Stuncocks, and and all those other bands. That uh, shout out Brandon Murphy. He's in like every punk band and every he plays bass in like every band around here. And that dude's awesome. Check him out too. He's another good one. But there's so many cool bands from in and around Highland Park. Like just in your local scene. Just like may not be hardcore may not be punk may not be whatever but there's always a scene every town you go maybe there isn't sometimes there isn't technically i mean touching we made our own scene because there wasn't one highland park they kind of made their own thing and they they killed it they did a good job with it and then highland park has one but then pinos is kind of an older crowd so chamber 43 made their own scene in itself and people just come out for no reason and those like is there a show tonight you guys got anything going on people walk in all the time some some girl walked in today was there a show going on there was three bands going on we came over here and we hung out we got some records at the record store i actually got kanye west 808 and heartbreak on vinyl for my brother that's gonna be so awesome but yeah but uh i don't know now i feel like this interview is about me i'm gonna start crying i'm gonna be like hardcore changed my life whatever it, it, it definitely did, but this is all about Ben because he's been asking me to do this interview, and this is the only time we're actually at Pino's, and he's right in front of us. So I yes. said, want to get that in? Because he looked at me when I was interviewing Hair Magic. He's like, what the fuck? Why are you interviewing three moms? 
But they were they were awesome. I really enjoyed their set. But yeah. do you think pineapple goes on pizza? Uh, I've actually never had it personally, but I'm not against it. I think you should. Uh, I I love pineapple, so I can't hate on that. I've never had it though, but I do like pineapple. But. Ham and pineapple pizza is probably one of the greatest inventions in the whole wide world. It may be a government invention, <laughs> but it's good. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I, okay, so uh, cold cuts ham, I don't like, but like ham, it's like uh, Thanksgiving ham, I like think. The, yeah, like the the real ham, yeah. like the thicker ham, like I'm all about that, all about that. All right, cool. So, um, like, what's your like favorite venue to uh, go to shows around New Jersey? Could be deceased too. Yeah, I mean, I have to really give it, give so much props to the Game Changer World uh, thing. Like that, that really people. I mean, I know people appreciate it, um, but the fact that they have had so many great hardcore bands from all generations, like in like Freehold, basically of all places, like that never really happened. So. I would definitely give a shout out to Game Changer World. I mean, they've had every legendary hardcore band of all age groups play there, like right in Freehold, which is kind of weird um, and amazing. And like, I would definitely shout them out for what they've done. Um, outside of that, I would say um, I know a lot of a lot of stuff is still going down at like the Meat Locker in Montclair. Um, that's what's up. Mm -hmm. But for me, like, I, I would say um, Asbury, probably. Okay. How, like, uh, I definitely appreciate the House of Independence. Like, they have good shows with good bands. Yeah. You know, they had H2O over the summer, a sold-out show, H2O. Like, H2O was, like, one of my early, earliest favorite punk hardcore bands. So they have the Get Up Kids play there all the time. And they also played at the Lanes all the time. But like, I would definitely say House of Independence. Um, and Game Changer World. I don't know if Game Changer World is still a thing. Game Changer World closed like a couple of years ago, and now it's some uh, bargain store and whatnot. Steals and deals or something. But I saw, s yeah, I you're. Like Halud and there. Back, yeah, see, you mentioned Shai Halud. I actually saw Shai Halud, Strength 691. I saw uh, Sheer Terror. I saw Life. Uh, what was that band you said? Sick of It All. Yeah. I saw. Yeah. I saw so many bands. I saw I saw Stick to Your Guns there. I saw Knock Loose. I saw Code Orange. I saw yeah. I saw Sheer Terror. I saw I, I that was like all there was Nate Fest. <laughs> right. The there were so right. many bands on that show. And the fact that somebody is like struggling with an illness, I think he had like cancer. He, he had yeah. cancer or something. But to see this dude play in every band on that bill was just like mind blowing that somebody who's struggling and has like a disease can just go up on stage and just rock out like he like he's not hurting is yeah. kind of crazy and i think legendary was when i saw every time i die play at game changer world and it got so hot at game changer world people were trying to mosh but they weren't moshing they were just slipping like it was like a they, <laughs> they all looked like they were rushing to the stage trying to like like it was like a black friday sale and they were trying to get a free tv and everybody was just slipping on the floor. I believe that. Just and it just got so sweat. sweaty. But it was the first time I've ever saw Every Time I Die without a barricade. And people were jumping off the stage. And yeah. it was just, 
It was just something else. And seeing like a band where they're like, yo, where the whatever name their band is at any venue, but Game Change is probably like the biggest Jersey venue I've been to besides Starland. But seeing it from while I was on the stage, like I stood on the side of the stage, I was like taking pictures of one show. I think it was, uh, it was like, um, no warning from from. Uh, they're from Canada. They're like one band that I that like is my favorite hardcore band ever, and I saw them play. And they're like, yo, we're no warning. And the singer, the, the guitar player just plays like one little note, like din, din, din. And the whole crowd literally erupted. And then some guy comments on my on my video and is like, yo, that guy just play, played like three chords. And there's like 50 kids just swinging. It's amazing how like a, even indie rock or any band, you could play like one little note. The whole room can just go off in any way. It could be a violent way, it could be a happy way, people could be crying, people could be jumping around, some guy could be throwing a chair across the room, there could be a fight breaking out. I, I remember one time I saw a show where there was like 40 fights in one, one night. Like I saw I saw a terror at game at uh, Starland once. There was like 40 fights in like different spots and that's why terror can't play at Starland anymore. Yeah. Rip. I mean, how can 40 fights happen in one time? That's like, that's just absolutely insane. Have ever been to Eminem Hall in in down uh, down the shore? You'll know about 40 fights in one night. Go see, go. See, I I don't know about it, but like I've heard, and also like Chrome and like Club yeah, Deep. One time I heard like a story where there was like a pillar in the middle of the floor, and during God forbid set, some dude like punched a pillar so hard his hand looked like a bowling ball. <laughs> Not to laugh at that guy, but that's a crazy story. And one time they said some guy like actually like legit threw a uh like a um a, god forbid i think it might have been god forbid set but some dude like legit threw like a uh, a symbol across the pit and it like murked some guy in the head jeez that's that's god that's forbid. deadly that's 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 absolutely deadly yep what's the worst injury you've ever gotten at a show in a mosh pit so i i I have never had a mosh pit injury, but I'll tell a little story real quick. Um, I was 18, so it was 2004, and me and a few of my friends from Manalpin, we drove down to the Trocadero in Philly Ooh, to see uh, Scarlet, Every Time I Die, and As I Lay Dying, all in the same bill. Stacked. Scarlet was cool. This would have been like 2004. Scarlet was cool. They were like a metalcore band. Obviously, As I Lay Dying was huge at the time. Every Time I Die was, like, definitely big among hardcore kids. It was not my... I was just standing there, but I seen this dude, uh, a friend of mine, Roundhouse, just threw, like, a kick, like, a, and... Yeah, he hit this kid, and he hit him so hard that my buddy's shoe flew off his own foot, and then the kid was just knocked out cold. Yeah, um, I had a funny story where it's not bad, but I remember I saw <laughs> it was February. There was like a foot of snow on the ground. I was like 19, it was like 2005. I saw Saves the Day at Starland with the early November. Oh my god! And I was crowd surfing, and I was wearing New Balances. I remember this, and I'm crowd surfing during like You Vandal or something off through being cool. And uh, some kid in the crowd takes my shoe off and threw it across the venue. So I had to walk back to my car in the snow with like one shoe on. The kid ripped my shoe off while I was crowd surfing. And then the other thing, um, 
<laughs> actually, I was gonna, I was gonna. Uh, no, it's it, it's a well-known story. I'll put it this way: some shit really went down at the Prince of Peace and Howell. Don't. Yeah, I'm not gonna bring that shit up. But um, as far as yeah, I'm not gonna bring that shit up. But as far as my personal injuries, nothing bad. I mean, I saw E Town when I was in like eighth grade at Birch Hill. That was pretty fucking crazy. Wow. Yeah, that was awesome. Um. Yeah, it's like a senior citizens condo community. Uh, actually, I gotta actually, the um, the most kind of like shook I was at a show was it would have been like again probably 2004. Me and my buddy Phil Dioria from an Alpin, we drove uh, to see Dillinger at the Stone Pony. That was fucking crazy. Like you know the Stone Pony inside. If you like stand back, kind of like whatever, like back yeah. in the back, the entire, I, I shit you not, as soon as they started playing, the entire place went, it didn't matter if you were up front in the pit, like the, the entire place, they were, they were yeah, that was crazy. Seeing Dillinger at the Stone Pony was like a way, like kind of like, wow, this is crazy. Yeah. That I saw. Oh, uh, Cannibal Corpse at the Stone Pony was wild too. There was like nobody there, but you you said uh, every, not every time I die. As I lie dying, yeah, as like I lie dying day, uh, is probably in my history of going to shows. I've gone to I don't even know how many shows I can count. How many shows I've been to? Like today, I saw two shows in one night. But like I've seen. Over a million bands. I don't even. I can't even count. And especially booking bands and all that. The loudest band goes down in history. Two two bands that are the loudest bands I've ever seen. I still never seen Converge, so I can't say the loudest in history. But there's two bands: Cannibal Corpse and As I Lie Dying. When I saw As I Lie Dying set, I remember I was I was still young. I texted my dad and I was just like, "Listen, I gotta go home. As I Lie Dying is literally the loudest band I've ever seen at Starland." And they have like a million amps on stage. They were just the loudest band ever. But uh, another ba- another question is, who is the hands down the best live band you've ever seen in history? The best live performance. I mean, I mean that's a tough question. But I will say this: the 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 best live performance that really like changed me and gave me like chills down my spine, like made the hair on my neck stand up was uh. Surf and Skate 2001. Yeah, uh, Skate and Surf 2001 in Asbury. So I was like 15, and I was just there for Newfound Glory and like Midtown and you know the pop punk stuff. Uh, 2013, and I was there. I saw Midtown. Yeah, that's awesome. So I would say like um, the best. I'm not. I I can't really answer the best live band I've ever seen because it's a really hard question. But um. I mean, one band that comes to mind is definitely Glassjaw. Like, Glassjaw is one of my favorite bands ever. But I remember being at Skate and Surf 2001 and just being there for the pop punk stuff. And I didn't really, like, I, I knew about, like, Poison the Well. Uh, Poison the Well was, like, a major influence on me. I knew about Glassjaw, but, like, my buddy Phil Dioria from Manalpin, like, he was there. He comes up to me. He's like, listen, stay for this next band. They're called Thursday. And I was like, what? All right. And like the lights dimmed, right? This is in the convention hall. And they dimmed and they did that little intro track on uh, Full Collapse. 
that little like yeah yeah and the, they were dimming the lights right but they were dimming the lights gradually and the band was coming out on stage and like yeah man that's how i felt at the time and they were doing that little intro track and then my friend is standing next to me and he's like dude just do this band's fucking crazy and then all of a sudden the, the drummer just go, the drummer just goes bop bop and then they just went right into understanding a car crash and like i was never the same after that like that so like my first exposure to thursday was seeing them play that song live uh, um i would say that goes down in my memory as one of the best live experiences i've ever had for sure for sure all right cool so um Next, this next question is going to throw you off a lot. <laughs> Every you time we ask this... You threw off Hair Magic so badly. You threw Hair Magic off so badly, they didn't even get the reference. I mean, they didn't even you know, get anything. There are, uh, their references to us and Musical.ly, they, they reference Bikini Kill, and I know that because I know that band, but all the other stuff they were referencing, I did not know what they were talking about. But that's why we do interviews, so we can learn what different things are like different places different bands different things so now we go home and we check it out so here's the question Odd? yeah it's like 142 in the morning so are donations bigger than a bread box what was the question are donations bigger than a bread box are donations bigger than a bread box yes i would say yes okay Okay, that's the answer. Is that a reference to something? Yeah. Um, you know uh, the TV show Ed and Eddie? What is the show? Ed and Eddie from Quantum Network, that Ed TV show. I don't, I'm sorry. I don't, I don't get the reference. That's my bad, sorry. Oh, uh, man, look into uh, Ed and Eddie and you know, you'll see because that's where the question came from. It came like from an episode of one of them. Okay. Yeah. All right, cool. Yeah. But yeah, oh, my God. Talking about Thursday, a friend of mine actually has, uh, I think she has, a, she has a Thursday tattoo, actually. I love Thursday. Yeah. I never got to see Thursday, but like, I, I, I saw Jeff Rickley's other band. It was called United Nations. And apparently, like, they made the band change their name, but he wrote a letter back to them. He said, you can go fuck yourself. We're not yeah. changing our name. And I was like, you know what? I respect this band. And he's friends with me on Facebook, like, his but not to be kind of rude, I'm going to call him out on this, but his solo stuff is really bad. <laughs> like, he, he has, like, a song called, like, Copper Penny or something, and it just sounds like they recorded it inside of a toilet bowl. Yeah. It's kind of bad, but for it, it's weird because, like, bands could be, like, the best band in the whole wide world, but then they do solo stuff or they do something else, and you're like, what, what are they thinking? Right. I want you to check out his solo stuff. I don't know what it's called. I think it's just his name. Yeah, I've listened to But it, it's like, uh, it's not good. But I would love to see Thursday. Actually, I was looking on Reddit and the rumors for uh, Riot Fest this year. They're rumoring that Thursday and bo both Thursday and Poison the Well are going to play. But yeah. that's only what the fans are speculating. But they're naming all these crazy bands. Also, definitely shout out from Autumn to Ashes. That was a yeah. big band for me. That's definitely. Nice. Um, for sure, Boy Sets Fire also. Yeah. Probably uh, after the eulogy, it was definitely one of my most formative hardcore albums. Um, yeah. I mean, to be honest, like, um, you know, I'm just a, 
hardcore kid from central Jersey, from Monmouth County, you know, but I would say during that time, uh, Fury of Five, E-Town, like, it was really amazing. Yeah, it was amazing. Um, yeah, One King Down, Bloodlust Revenge, Shy Halud, and then a couple years later, like, Poison the Well. Um, yeah, definitely an amazing time period. And something that I'll, I'll will always take with me for the rest of my life, to be honest. Exactly. But uh, I'm going to ask you two more questions. But uh, if you could pick five bands, any genre, to make your ultimate tour, who would be on it and why? <laughs> five bands, ultimate tour, any genre. <clears throat> I'm a huge Bright Eyes fan, huge Conor Oberst fan, and people forget that back in the day, around like 2000, hardcore kids were all over Bright Eyes, oh, yeah. like and Dashboard. Like, hardcore kids, like, I remember that vividly. Hardcore kids were all over Bright Eyes and Dashboard. Um, yeah, definitely. I mean, the, his first record came out on Eulogy. People forget that. Same with Newfound Glory. Yeah, people forget that. Dashboard, his first record came out on Eulogy. The first Newfound Glory record came out on Eulogy. Because they're all coming out of Florida. People forget that shit. But I remember that. Casey Jones was a good... Uh, good straight edge hardcore, definitely. Um, also, um, shout out Fallen from the Sky. They were like a great hardcore band, High Spirits, definitely. Shout out Fallen from the Sky. Um, I would say my tour would be Bright Eyes, because I'm a huge fan. Um, Saves the Day, because I'm a huge fan. Brand New, I'm a huge fan. Uh, I guess I'm going with a little theme here. I would say maybe like um, uh, yeah, it's a tough one. Um, uh, maybe something more modern like um, I love the Shins and Interpol and okay. all that kind of. Uh, I love the Killers. I love all that stuff. So like maybe some of those Basically like. <laughs> I think it would be a mixture of like the early 2000s emo bands that I that I grew up on and then maybe some of the mid 2000s indie rock stuff like Interpol and and the Shins and and uh stuff like that definitely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Basically last year at Riot Fest is exactly what he summed up because they were they had like Can't Swim, Bikini Kill, Senses Fail yeah. and then they had like they had like anti they had anti flag then they had uh, Patti Smith, they had Slayer, they had uh, Andrew WK, um, Taking Back Sunday. Like, they had almost every style of person would love this festival. Like, whether you, and they had all these bands. I forgot what the album was, but it was like a really long title. It was Dashboard Confessional. They were playing like one of their first albums. Right. And then I saw Dashdaw play Worship and Tribute. And when you said Thursday, putting the hair on your body, like, just stand up. When I saw that set, I almost dialed 911 because I was literally shaking. I was, I literally saw him after the set, and I'm just like, he's like, how's that set? And I'm just like, I basically looked like I was having a seizure. And I, and I like, I left that set like, because the drummers, the, this is how I sum it up. The drummer's drum set, his snare drum, the way that it hit on the album was hitting the way it was on that album the same day that day and it was like phenomenal like i couldn't believe how on point that s snare drum sound was to that album and i'm like how many years is that album like 20 years old by now 
No, uh, no, it was worship and tribute oh, by yeah, Blastjaw, yeah. and I'm just like, I don't know how people can recreate the same exact sound 20 years later. Like, since even since Phil have all these different member changes, and they're still the same band. Yeah, honestly, like definitely, I can't believe I never mentioned Census Fail. Census Fail was a huge, huge, huge band for me. Uh, from the depths of dreams, that first EP was like, yeah, the I've been listening to that lately. But that hit. They were the actually the first. Like, if you listen to that song, um, so I guess this is where I lie. Like, that is, like, a Through Being Cool-esque pop-punk song, but, like, they were the first band. People don't give them enough credit for being the first band to do, like, that, to bring the Thursday vibe to, like, a Through Being Cool-esque mm -hmm. kind of situation. Like, they were the first band to ever do that. And then a few years later, that became everything in rock music. But they were really the first band to ever do that, in my opinion. Definitely that record. And um, I was just going to say, um, the first time I saw Glass Show was actually with E-Town at Birch Hill, which is fucking weird. But yeah, it was crazy. Definitely, um, Census Fail does not get enough credit, in my opinion. No, they do. They get all the credit they want. Yeah. They're heavy as hell now. Yeah, yeah. But uh, now I, I'm glad things are going well for them. But when that EP came out, that was it. That was um, that was that and take this to your grave, were really game changers in that uh, yeah. 2003, 2002, and also shout out Armor for Sleep. People really forgot about Armor for Sleep, but uh, Dream to Make Believe was like a really uh, super influential, impactful record, and these, uh, definitely, yeah. Yeah, senses fail. I can, when you listen to all the, he's falling asleep over here, <laughs> Ernie. But when you when you Listen to Census Fail from back then to now. You can see all the albums changed throughout the years. Like Buddy was struggling with like family issues on like all these albums, and he had girlfriend problems. And now he sings about how he loves his wife and he loves his little child. And they sing about how life is great and how he lives in California. And it's like people would think like, oh, did you like him? Do you, do you not like the band because the, the guy came out of the closet or whatever? I'm like, I like the band because the guy went from being like the worst person ever and he even spoke about it at Game Changer in a, he did like a public like uh, Q&A and he actually got interviewed and they were talking about it and uh, he was saying like how he did all this crazy stuff but now he's like changing his life, he has a kid, they moved to, they moved to California because his wife has MS and stuff and it's like, it's amazing how just listening to a band, I can know the whole change of a whole band because of that but yeah. I think Pinos is going to want us to leave, and we got to pack our stuff. So uh, we asked any newer bands or any bands that you've been jamming in your headphones as of lately? That'll be our last question. Um, yeah. Um, Run the Jewels, man. Run the Jewels. They're on, they're on tour with uh, Rage. Yep. They're not really new, but I love Run no. the Jewels. Um, yeah, run it, run it. <laughs> um, and other than that, um, um, I like Turnover. Ooh, yes, that's my favorite. I like Turnover. I like Pine Grove, definitely. I know these are not. Yeah, I know these aren't like new for, <laughs> for the but listeners I that are like. Yeah, yeah, I'm like 34 years old, man. Like, give me a break. Uh, and then, um, dude, honestly, I love the story so far. Oh yeah. And their new music is amazing. Um, 
well, it was cool to like get into them when their first record came out. I was like in my mid twenties, and I was definitely still in the the pop punk stuff, super heavy. And so, Undersoil and Dirt was like a huge record for me, being like a mid twenties kind of guy. Um, but their new music is amazing, so I'm all about that band as well. So yeah. Yeah. Right, cool. So uh, you heard it from Ben Dota of the hardcore scene or just the music scene in general, but uh. This has been another episode of Damn Straight Radio. You can check us out on damnstraightent.com. And you can check us out everywhere. Come to a local venue and uh, occupy it because we need more people coming to local shows. And uh, check out music. If it's not hardcore, it could be indie rock, rap. It could be screamo. It could be electronic music. It could be anything you want. Just check it out. We throw shows all over New Jersey. And uh, we're Damn Straight Entertainment. Check out Damn Straight Radio on on our Spotify, we're on Apple Music, we're on not we're not on SoundCloud, right? No, no. we're on uh, Spotify, oh we're on Spotify, Apple Music, Anchor. Just go on damnstraightent.com and check it out. Click the Damn Straight Radio tab and check us out. And this should be up in a few weeks, and it'll be up all over the internet. Check it out. Let your friends know about it and listen to all the bands we talked about. Because why not? You might discover your new favorite band. And uh, remember, support local music. And uh, I'm Mike. I'm Ernie with Damn Street Entertainment. This has been an episode of Damn Street Radio. And uh, I want to go to bed. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah. You heard it from me, Ernie, and Ben. This is another episode of Damn Straight Radio. Remember, support local music. And uh, damn straight.